So, are we ready to go to Balticon? Well, actually, that was last week. No, 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 no. Last week was the Potter Powwow. This week is Balticon. No, actually, it's a Geeks Who Drink tonight at the Irish Pub. You're dreaming, mate. That's tomorrow night. No, 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 no. What do you mean I'm dreaming? My memory's like a steel trap. Uh, yeah, a rusty one. <laughs> you know, I told you. No, it's all the time. I said, guys, what this week? Guys, what? Why don't you just check out the Nerd Out app? What's the Nerd Out app? If you're looking to connect with local dungeon crawls, movie marathons, or trivia nights in your corner of the world, then you need the Nerd Out app. The Nerd Out app is your mobile planner for science fiction conventions, gaming events, film festivals, and even special museum exhibits geared for the geek in you. And if you want to catch the latest news on what's happening or coming soon to your current location, swing by nerdoutapp.com where we feature upcoming events, convention reviews, and more. And just like the blog, the Nerd Out app is free. Stay in the know on where to get your geek on with the Nerd Out app, available for iOS and Android. Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 80 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. I'm really excited today to be joined by magician and comedian John Armstrong. How you doing, John? Uh, I'm good, sir. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Very excited to hear all about the, the many, many things that you are doing. You're quite the busy guy. Uh, I am, well, and it's nothing, there's nothing quite like, uh, magic, uh, in the audio form. You know, like, it's, <laughs> the best, the best audio, a guest on a podcast is a magician because it's so obvious what I can do <laughs> in this medium. Well, we'll be dazzled, I'm sure. Um, before we get too far into it, why don't you just give us a brief, uh, idea of who you are and, uh, and who we're talking to? Well, uh, I, I'm, a uh, Magician, I guess, uh, my, spent my entire performing career, uh, doing, basically doing magic tricks and being funny. Uh, I travel around the world doing that. There's a, uh, um, I, I, w- I won close magician of the year at the Magic Castle, uh, in Hollywood and, uh, uh, started my career or in Orlando and then moved to Las Vegas and then I, uh, been out in Los Angeles now for about 17 years. And yeah, I just, I travel around the world and do a lot of cruise ships now. That's, uh, that's the big thing these days. And uh, there's a documentary about my life on Netflix called Magicians: Life in the Impossible. You can watch about uh, uh, you can watch it right now and, and learn about uh, my life and uh, interesting things about other magicians. That's it. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm gonna have to check that out. I love that kind of stuff. Um, what kind of things do you geek out about? What are your areas of geekitude? Well, I am a big comic book guy. I one of the greatest. And this is actually in the documentary too. One of the greatest moments of my life was being able to actually uh, work on a comic. Uh, uh, Mike Costa and Ryan Brown, who are accomplished comic book, he's uh, Mike is a comic writer. Actually, writes now on Lucifer. And uh, Ryan Brown is a great artist. Uh, does 
um, God Say Astronauts and some of the some of the great image uh, titles and uh, other really really uh, amazing art. We got to work on a comic book together, and I got to actually do a comic book that was involved magic. It actually did magic for you as you read the book, which was a lot of fun. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, so comics have been a big thing for me, and uh, I've always uh, always loved it. In fact, I I, I was um, uh, I was in, I was just talking about it yesterday because you know uh, sadly uh, Adam West passed away. Yeah, and yeah, sad. And um, I told the story about how I met him uh, quite a few years ago in Los Angeles um, doing an event, and he was super nice and super gracious and. And, you know, and I didn't, you know, I was just doing my job, right? I do magic and do my job. But at the same point, I, you know, I wanted to, uh, you know, say to him, hey, you know, I'm a big Batman fan. You're the reason those, uh, uh, that I'm in the Batman because I, uh, saw that show when I was uh, growing up in reruns. And, um, he, uh, was super nice and, and, and thanked me and then asked me to do more magic for him. And it was a really great experience. And then a week later, um, I get, I, in the mail, I get, a, uh, you know, an auto, he drew a little Batman and then autographed it to me and had it sent to me uh, through the uh, the host of the event. So, like, he took the time to do that, remembering that uh, that I was a fan and that he really uh, he enjoyed my magic. So it was it was pretty great. So it was a nice memory to be able to uh, uh, share with people. And I showed the picture of um, of the autograph, which is framed on my wall. So. That's so awesome. That's such a great story. Yeah, he's, he was he was a super cool guy. And he was really, uh, in the beginning of the Magic Castle in Hollywood, he would hang out uh, there. You know, this is, you know, this is 66. This is, pri- this is exactly when he is um, uh, at the peak of his fame. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and it was, uh, he was talking about all these magicians he used to know and hang out with and stuff. And it was, yeah, it was just super fun. So it's, it's, Need to like. I always always think it's pretty great when uh, geek stuff crosses over. Like I can't tell you how many comic book guys I know that are really into magic and look and 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 think of me as the celebrity, and I look back at them because they are famous comic book writers that I know or artists or whatever, and I go, no, no, you're the celeb- you're you guys are doing this stuff. So it's it's, it's really kind of neat how that kind of crosses over uh, and has you know pretty much um, my career. So. That's awesome. That, yeah, that's that's the fun thing about being a geek is that you know, I was I was out with some friends last night, and uh, one of them was like, "Oh yeah, I'm not really that geeky," and uh, her boyfriend was like, "Oh really, really? What about you know, you're a running geek. You're a, like, there's you know, anything that you're just passionate about and love, you know, that's what you're geeking out about. And uh, you know, when those things can cross over and and combine, it's it's just awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and trust me, there's a, there is a, you'd be very surprised how many, like, very, pretty, uh, famous, uh, magician, pretty famous, like, people are also, like, amateur magician geeks. Like, Mm -hmm. they hang out, they hang out at the Magic Castle, and they're, like, Larry Wilmore from the, uh, from the Nightly Show, that, um, that, you know, he's, he's, he does magic. He, like, hangs out at the Magic Castle and does card tricks. He's really into that. David Wayne, the, um, the director and the member of the state just hangs out and does card tricks. Steve Martin, uh, Jason Alexander from Seinfeld. Like, they just hang out at the Magic Castle and do card tricks. It's kind of amazing. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, are there any areas that are typically considered geeky that you're just not really into and have never gotten a foothold on you? 
I I play games like casually, like video games casually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never really, I was never a big like like gamer gamer. Like mm-hmm. that was, so, uh, and I think that was on purpose because I remember City of Heroes when that came out. This was oh, like, years ago. I love City of Heroes. Remember City of Heroes? And I spent about a month on Serial City of City of Heroes, and I got absolutely nothing else accomplished. And I realized, you know what? If I do this, I my career is going to go down the toilet. So I kind of had to like shut that off and keep away, keep that away from myself for a while. But just recently, a friend of our uh, my uh, my girlfriend um, uh, and me are it was introduced to Hearthstone, and now we're playing Hearthstone. And I'm like, that's it, I'm done. Like uh, my career is over. Uh, this, is, <laughs> this is obviously someone telling me to sabotage. Uh, because I, now I've just been playing like Hearthstone all the time. So that's a fun. Yeah, game. but I would say like major. It is fun. Uh, and major video gaming is something I've really I've never really done much of that. So I would say that's probably it. You know, and uh, I prefer Star Trek to Star Wars. Though I okay. I like Star Wars, but I prefer Star Trek to Star Wars. I like uh, high, hard sci-fi over fan, uh, science science fantasy. Though I really I mean I love Guardians of the Galaxy. I just I can't. I love that movie so much. So it was so good. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, do you have a favorite fandom? I know you mentioned Batman. Do you have any other um, ones that you kind of tout as this is your thing, your your favorite fandom? Uh, you know, I think because other than uh, and other other than just recently the Wonder Woman movie that came out that was just great and mm-hmm. you know and, and awesome. Um, I uh, there was such a dearth of anything like DC that. You know, I immediately, um, you know, so had to like be, become very into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I become like I love it. Like I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think it's super great. There's uh, and and I become quite a fan of that. And because of that, I become quite a fan of Captain America of all things. The Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, version of Captain America um, is to me uh, just awesome. I just love that and the, the portrayal of that character and how. Uh, he does it. I like the whole the whole thing. So that so I became very much into that. And I was a DC guy forever. Like when it came to comics, I I was always into uh, DC stuff because I always thought there was a um, ingratitude to a lot of the Marvel characters, meaning that like um, I liked the idea that if a superhero helped somebody out, they were happy that they helped out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's like Superman saves us, yay, Superman! Like I enjoyed that as opposed to we we saved the world. Screw you, mutant. You know what I mean? Like I yeah, just, yeah, I, yeah. I, I I just I didn't like I didn't like that as much. Um, but I've become such a fan. Like, so it was always DC, and then you know after the Dark Knight movies, it kind of mm, we didn't have a lot of great DC stuff. I'm not you know, and uh, I um I became uh, sort of disenchanted with that. And when the Marvel Cinematic Universe started. To me, that was like it was nice and bright and fun, and they were having a good time. And even uh, though there was you know conflicts and you know what if the world really did have superheroes and people reacting to superheroes and you know positive and negative ways, it did it did just seem overall just negative and ingrateful uh, and, and for you know for them. So I I enjoyed that and I was I became very uh, into it. But um, anyway, I <laughs> this is very long winded. But I really enjoyed um, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and too much that much. It got me really into Marvel Comics, and now I've been reading a lot of Marvel stuff that I probably wouldn't have uh, ever read before. 
and uh, I'm I'm very 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 uh, I feel very happy now that DC might look like it's going on the right track and Wonder Woman looked uh, was amazing uh, and uh, the, uh, hopefully the movie universe uh, for DC will pick back up pick back up some of that whole uh, light fun being able to have a good time uh, you know aspect that I loved about DC Comics in the first place and put that on screen because that certainly wasn't happening. Uh, with BVS and Man of Steel, so there you go. Yeah, no, I remember leaving um, Wonder Woman and going, okay, I'm I'm looking forward to if I get to see more of this character, I'm looking forward to Justice League. Where before I was like, I kind of take or leave Justice League. Yeah, you know, I'm uh, I the jury's still out uh, on Justice League because you know everyone wants to blame everything on Zack Snyder, but I I think a, uh, a, a I I don't believe, and I believe. I don't believe that a film is one singular artistic vision. True. There is many, many, many uh, people who are involved in that. And so blaming everything or, 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 or complimenting everything on one person, uh, in, in this case, the director, does I don't think is very logical. I mean, obviously, there's much more going on there. Cinematographers, scriptwriters, producers, um, what you know, who everyone has to have their say in these things, especially these big um, blockbuster type films. And granted, he got a lot, of, you know, got a lot of uh, let's like let's call it blame for a lot of that stuff. But also, he was being led down to a certain path. He was being told how to uh, that he had to shape this universe instantly. I think that obviously uh, made the, uh, the the choices as far as like scripting and uh, how the whole how the whole thing was going to be evolved like uh, come out like instantly. Like that really bad in BBS where Batman's looking, Bruce Wayne's looking at the um, uh, the recorded videos of things, and they already have logos made up for everybody. You know, I mean, like mm-hmm. stuff like that, like 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 just like terrible like plotting stuff like that. I mean, I don't blame Zack Snyder for that. That was obviously DC uh, or Warner Brothers corporate saying we got to make sure we throw this in there. We got to throw this in there. Yeah, but there was definitely a lot of meddling going yeah. on in 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 his films. Absolutely. Yeah, but that's that said, I uh, I'm happy that um, at least at least it seemed that Patty Jenkins got the movie that she wanted uh, on screen, and uh, and hopefully that will set things right and move forward. So, but again, I'm not one of those guys that blames Zack Snyder for everything. It's not. I don't. I definitely think there's a lot more going on there than just one guy. Yeah, no, I definitely don't disagree with that. Um, is there anything out there that you are a huge fan of that you know is not terribly mainstream and a lot of people don't know about it, but more should? Hey, have you ever read the comic? Uh, it's an image comic. It's done now, so you can actually read the entire thing and get like to an end. It's called Chew. Did you ever read Chew? I didn't. So Chew is about a guy that if he eats something, he knows where it came from. He knows where it's it's been, where it came from, everywhere. So if he eats, like, uh, uh, broccoli, he would know exactly where the broccoli was picked, where, you know, where it was planted, you know, uh, what store it was in before, you know, it, he would know everything about that broccoli. And and because of that, he's like, and it's in this weird world where chicken has been outlawed. Okay. And... The FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, has become the the most powerful law enforcement agency uh, in the world. <laughs> like it's this weird, bizarre world where all every people ha- people end up getting weird food powers related to things. Like someone has, like one person has the ability to like write about food so well 
that they people actually feel like they have been satiated, like they've um, satiated, like they've actually eaten something. Like they read uh, about this food and then they are no longer hungry. That's crazy. That's a, yeah, it's it it's so well done and so funny uh, and uh, just this really great uh, take on like like powers in general because they're all these weird ass food powers. Everything's related to food. Um, and, uh, but yet he's able to find like diversity in the powers and have everybody have like real meaning and like, you know, actual character arcs. It's not just played for laughs. Like it's, it's really well done in this bizarre world where chicken has been outlawed. Uh, so I highly, highly recommend Chew. It's like one of my, it's like one of the favorite books I've, uh, I've read like that and Saga, uh, I think are two books that everyone should read that are not mainstream DC or Marvel. That's awesome. I'm going to have to check that out. And I've got some friends I think might really, really enjoy that. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's a good book. Um, I know we're going to be talking about your shows at the Hollywood Fringe Festival, but do you have anything else going on right now? Anything that you're working on? Well, there's always stuff. Like, I do these... I, uh, I get to consult on different projects. I mean, I've signed very large NDAs that I can't talk about, but I get to mm-hmm. work for... Disney Imagineering and for Universal Creative, working on interesting kind of fun projects for uh, for them. Uh, I do um, uh, I, I teach a summer class at UCLA um, uh, on magic uh, for uh, drama students, and then also for like um, uh, the uh, like like basically middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. And one of the it's one of the coolest things I get to do. Um, so I get to be a professor at UCLA when and I never finished college. So hey. I think that's the way to, I think that's the way to, that's the way to do it. And, uh, we do this, uh, thing where I, I bring the kids out. Uh, this is the, 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 uh, the little junior program. I bring the kids out and they have to do street magic for the, uh, the college kids as they're walking by. That's their final day of class, which is a lot of fun. I, uh, I really dig that. And I give a bunch of different talks and lectures to the, um, to the, uh, theater department at UCLA while I'm on campus getting to talk about magic and magic uh, appreciation and the, the art of illusion and uh, in storytelling. And uh, it's, it's kind of, it's a lot of fun. So that's one of the things I'm actually gearing up to do that. And then um, of course uh, I'm also just uh, can't wait to for Comic-Con, man. I'm uh, super excited about just being at the, sh- at the show and hanging out. Well, that's awesome. You're so. going this year. <clears throat> oh, I've been going uh, 20 years now. I'm I'm years. pretty close to that. I remember I, I remember the days where it was sixty bucks for the entire weekend, and you could buy the next year's passes right there that day. <laughs> yeah, I I the first, the first time I went, I walked in, bought a pa- bought a pass, and walked in. That's mm-hmm. how I did it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. But um, I um and I re- I remember when the biggest room was like ballroom twenty, and uh, I've always been in. Like the, um, the biggest room. Like that, that's for me, con, these uh, Comic Con, um, is being in the Hall H and being there for the big announcements and the big panels. That's, that's, that's what I do at, at Comic Con. And I, 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 I love it. I hang out with my friends. I have friends, uh, that, um, have been going to the show as long as I have and I get to, uh, see them every year. And, uh, you know, we go out and drink and, and have a good good time. It's uh, it's it's always great. But uh, yeah, that's it, it's very interesting because it's such a big, diverse show. What everybody's experience of it at con, like what are they doing? And 
all I do is the the big panels. That's all I care about. Like I sit there and I uh, I sit in hall. I camp in Call H all day for three days, and I'm yeah. That, I love it. I don't know why. But <laughs> I was there. I was two seats over from when the guy got stabbed in the eye. Do you remember oh my that God. story? Yeah. Yeah, I was too. I could see it from where I was. Sit- like it was literally like two two seats, two rows over. I could see it actually happen. I it was amazing. Ugh, like ugh. Uh, all like the the classic Hall Age stories. Like like when I was there the day that like they decided, okay, we will no longer allow. Uh, we're going to screen questions because we did, they just got bombarded all day by people saying, "Can you read my script? Can I have a hug? You know, mm-hmm, can mm-hmm. You, will you give me you know?" And, and that's when they started screening questions. And it, it, back then, if you if they didn't like the question, like if, if it was a question like that had something to do with, um, you know, can I have a hug or can you read my screenplay or things like that, the entire Hall H would just boo, right, <laughs> just right. boo whoever was uh, yeah, yeah. And I kind of missed that to be honest. I always thought that was a great self policing program. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of but, yeah. There's a lot of um, those panels that I will just leave at the question and answer period because I just can't. <laughs> I can't. Oh I yeah, no, yeah. It's it's yeah. And then there used to be a guy. There used to be a guy who would dress up in like a leisure suit and he would ask these really bizarre questions. <laughs> he was like, and I, that guy like he would have like the sunglass, the the seventies sunglasses and the leisure suit, and he would just like ask like like very like uh, there were never the kind of questions where. It was a personal thing. It was always like, you know, uh, if jo- like, just for example, if Jodie Foster was on a panel talking about whatever thing that she was working on at that time, he'd be like, he, his question would always be, Jodie Foster, big fan of Candle Shoe. What did it, what did it feel like working in that Disney film? Like stuff like that. Like it was all, so he was, he would always ask these weird ass deep cut questions. So that guy amused me. Like I enjoyed that, but it's become, it, it's become that you can see very clearly now, especially in a lot of Hall H panels and presentations, that they that they um, make sure that they don't leave a lot of time for questions. Yeah, <laughs> they right. have like the mod. They have a moderator doing, you know, hitting all of their talking points, talking point, talking point, question, talking point, question, talking point, question. They've all been media trained. They've all been told what to say, what to do. Um, so to me now, it's turned from seeing like the weird ass questions to what kind of spectacle you can make, you know. So again, I was in the room for all that that Marvel panel last year. You know, I was fifth row, fifth row center for that that entire thing where they announced, you know, Brie, Brie Larson at the end uh, for um, Captain Marvel. That whole uh-huh. thing. I was there. I was there for the Star Wars panel where they marched everybody outside. To the uh, to the concert. I heard about uh, that. That was awesome. Yeah, I was in the room for that. I, I so like it. It's been a. It's, I've had a really good run, and uh, people are like, "How do you always get in there?" And I'm like, "I just get in there, and yeah. I'm not telling anybody how I get in there." Well, but I was, was going to ask, there. what time did you need to get up to get there? But apparently, you've got <laughs> you're you're using your uh, magic I, skills. <laughs> I have I have I have I have uh, yeah. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> 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 As long as I don't abuse the system, I think it's uh, totally fair. But, and it's great. Like I've, I, I remember when like really, really great things were being announced. You know, like announced. And uh, I was in the room when that they showed that that footage for Deadpool. You know, that uh, that little teaser thing that they made to see if they could. They leaked it to 
to you know to see if they can get any uh, interest for that. Like like I I love that. I like I like that I was there for those kind of uh, those moments, and it helps uh, when you're sitting there and there's like tons of dreck. You know, you have the same studio film being you know like right. forced down your throat about this this and this and this, but. Yeah, no, I uh, I dig it. So I'm lo- lo- really looking forward to Comic Con this year. So that's awesome. Always. Well, well, perhaps we will run into each other. That'll be well, yeah. I hope so. <laughs> Very cool. But well, we're gonna move on to what we specifically did that was geeky this week. Um, I'm a I'm a teacher, and our graduation is tomorrow. So I have been grading. I did not get a lot of geekiness in. <laughs> oh no. But uh, but we did have a you know being a a, a the drama teacher, I'm a bit of a theater geek, and uh, so we had our final improv show of the year, and that's where we say goodbye to our seniors and, and kind of just celebrate the year of drama, and uh, not next year, but the year after is going to be my 10th year teaching drama at this school, and so I, I want to do some sort of big alumni something. And I was thinking, you know, I I don't know that I want alumni to just drop in on these kids at the 10-year anniversary and, like, we're back. I'm like, I feel like they need to have some sort of connection. Mm-hmm. So I've started reaching out to alumni, and I said, hey, we're having our last show. You know, I had, like, I don't know, maybe 80 kids on a Facebook group, and I'm like, we have our... our um, last show, if anybody wants to come down, I think that the kids would really love to, to hear some of your stories and to meet some of the people who, who started drama. And so, um, we had about 20 alumni just kind of randomly show up and, you know, it was a kind of a little mini reunion across, t- uh, eight years of, of me teaching drama there. It was really, really, really cool. Do you, do you still, uh, is the Thespian Society still in existence? It is. And up until now, we haven't really, looked into it, but I am seriously looking into it for my kids next year, just because it tends to be very expensive, and we have trouble fundraising, so <laughs> that's the only right. reason why we haven't joined it, but I am I'm actually looking into it for um, my current sophomores to do their junior year. Because I was I was uh, Troop 690's uh, thespian president, thank you very much, <laughs> uh, in high school. I sure was. Very nice. Uh, yeah, I was, I, I was the very, I was the, it was all these um, uh, actors vying for this, you know, and because I'm the magician who is like, oh, I'll take any part. I'm just here because I just want to be on stage. I'm not trying to be an actor. I just want to be a magician. I was very non-threatening, so I I was the one who got the most votes, which nice. like totally like all the divas were like, what's going on? This guy? <laughs> but I was I was the president. It was fun. I had a I had a good year that year. So that was my senior year of high school. Yeah. Yeah, this past year my my program went from 35 kids to in, in my in my class. That's not counting the kids that perform as as extracurricular, but from 36 kids to 50 was a big wow. jump. And then we go to a, a theater festival every year, and we we we'll, we've taken like 50 kids. This year we took 65. And so I looked at my kids and I'm like, all right, we've got to change this program a little bit because it's getting a little bit hard for me to be able to control all of you people. Well, yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. So, so, so yeah, so a combination of of alumni coming back and helping out a little bit, and um, and you know, looking into stuff like thespians and other things. Where we're, I'm really looking forward to teaching drama next year. I think it's going to be a, a fun program. That's awesome, man. I yeah. love it. And then my husband and I have been watching The Handmaid's Tale. I don't know if you've given that a watch yet. 
it's, it's too depressing for me, man. Can't, I can't, I can't do that. The, 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 the lady watches it. My, 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 my girlfriend watches it, but, uh, I, I just can't do it, man. I, uh, just can't. Yeah, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff out there that I was like, I'm I'm not going to watch that. It's too dark. I've got to wait until the summer when I'm more chill and I don't have I don't have kids around me all the time. Um, but we started this a little early. It is it is not a it is not a happy movie or happy miniseries. No, it's not. You know, and I, I and I, I and this and because it's too political and too. Um, it feels very sort of, I, I wouldn't say it's connected to right now because it's, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a, um, dystopian type, you know, future type thing, but it's still like, it feels very weird with the political climate, what's going on at the moment. I don't really, uh, that, that gets to me. But even before that, like, um, I really wanted to watch, um, that, uh, the Amazon show, um, the, um, the man at high castle. Like oh, yeah. I really wanted to, because I, because I, I, I remember this, this short story, and I actually um, I thought that was a really interesting concept. So I watched a couple episodes, and I just couldn't do it. Like, it was just too too depressing. Like, too... Uh, again, it's the same thing. Like, I want bright and happy. Like, I, I'm, I'm reading or seeing that through Escape. It's the same reason why I gave up Walking Dead, you know, after a couple seasons. I'm like, I can't do it. I just can't. just can't. It's just, everybody dies. Everyone's going to die. They're all... They're all gonna end up being zombies. I can't, I just can't do it. I yeah, can't do it. No, I'm right, I'm, I'm so. right there with you. I stopped watching, we, we decided we weren't gonna do Walking Dead this season because the first episode was so bleak. And I, I was like, you know, I, I need to be in a, a more emotionally stable, like, state to be able to handle this. And with all the world stuff going around, I'm not, I'm not right, really right there, so. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not, not the time for that. I mean, I, I, and I understand there's like that whole, there can be the cathartic nature of having something like that as you're know, like, well, at least it's not as bad as this, but I don't know. I, uh, I, I still like, I look at that and I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good with bright and happy and cheery. And you tell you the show that I really enjoyed that is genius, um, was, uh, the good place. Did you have a tendency though? Did you have, did you see that? Did you, no, uh, no, what's the good place? So it's a, it's a comedy, but it's, um, a, a, uh, a woman who has had sort of like an average but not the greatest life um, ends up in heaven and she's not supposed to be there. It's a it's been a, a clerical era. She should have gone to hell and uh, or at least this particular version of hell. And that's the concept of the story. If I tell you anything else, it would ruin it for you. The whole the series is just genius and you will I, I guarantee you if you watch it you will then after you've finished the last episode of this season you will want to go back and start at the beginning and watch all over again because of something that happens in the last episode it's probably the best smartest writing of a of, of, of all things a sitcom because it's essentially a sitcom mm-hmm. uh, a one a one camera you know office style sitcom and it's uh that you'll ever it's it's amazing like i I was super impressed by it. So it's Kristen Bell and uh, Ted Danson of all people. But, but again, just, I love that show. That's uh genius. And they're coming back for a second season. And it's one of those things where once again, if they would have just done the first season, that could have been like the, the best, you know, do the math, uh seven hour movie ever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah. they, but, it, but now they're going to do a second. I have no idea how they're going to make the second season work, but I, I'm, I will be watching it. So yeah, it's good. That's awesome. I'm putting it on the list. <laughs> 
How about you? What, All right. What? I'm glad I'm glad I'm able to expose. I'm, able, I'm glad I'm able to expose some things to you, sir. I'm glad oh I'm yes, able to absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that's kind of the fun thing of having this show is finding out what everybody else is is getting into. Right. Which brings me to you. What What have you been geeking out on this week? Well, that's that Hearthstone playing. Uh-huh. I've uh, been doing that, uh, and I'm learning learning how to manage the decks, the whole this card stack thing. Again, taking way too much time uh, on that. And I've been writing a lot. I've been writing a lot of new material that I'm putting into the show and uh, the shows I'm doing at the Fringe and then also my uh, other stuff. Um, so that's, you know, I can consider like geeky. I mean, you're, uh, I'm a magic geek. That is part of the, uh, not just my job. It is who, uh, it's what I am. It's what I care about. Um, but, um, I, I, and then let's, I've been, like I guess I've been reading, uh, oh my god, the Black Panther trailer, uh, trailer came out. Oh yeah. So, so I, I, I was on my way out, uh, for a gig. My, uh, my girlfriend's been a little bit under the weather. A little sick. And so she, uh, um, was like, you know, at home, I was about to go to the gig, and she's like, oh, the Black Trailer, Black Panther trailer's on. Do you want to watch it? I'm like, yeah, sure. So we have Apple TV, put it on, and watched it. Just, I just was like, whoa. And then, uh, I'm like, play it again. So she, she <laughs> plays it again. And I'm like, we, yeah, play it, you know, and so we, we watched it again. It was amazing. And I'm like, I gotta go, but the, because I would, I would have, if I didn't have to leave, I would have just watched it over and over again. And I, then later on that day, I did because, oh man, does that look good? Does that, oh man, that looks good. This, and I'm glad I, it looks good. I'm so, like, I, that's not a character that was ever on my radar, and I am so looking forward to this movie. I, you know, I think this is the, this is a great thing. There's, um, uh, there's a show called Marvel Movie News. It's a podcast, and uh, they do like a, a web TV show. But I always just listen to it as a podcast. And um, they um, there's a, a a person on the show. Her name is Markia, 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 and um, she's a uh, African American lady. And uh, no, her comic knowledge is super like uh, super spot on. Like. I'm amazed by uh, how good she is, especially about 70s Marvel and like the street level stuff, like a lot of the, the stuff that they're using now for the uh, Netflix series, like her, like the Luke Cage, whatever. But Black Panther was always a big thing for her because obviously, you know, that she identifies with the character because African American, and I think that's a bit, that was a big deal, uh, you know, for you know to have a comic book character that is like you, you know, or at least you know of your same race and creed. And there's this video of her watching the trailer. And she's like crying, like soft crying. It's so, mm-hmm. it's so, but so happy because of how good it was. It's so great. Like I highly recommend watching this, watching this video of this girl watching the trailer. It's amazing. And, uh, I, I'm so happy that something like this is out in the world. Like as much as my girlfriend was like, yeah, when Wonder Woman like picked up that tank in the mm-hmm. movie, she was like excited and you know, like she felt like, you know, like, um, uh, it was a bit of woman empowerment that she needed at this, especially at this time. It was what's going on. Uh, I think it was really great to see that, um, in, um, in, in other cultures and, uh, and in this case with, uh, Black Panther and people being able to go, yeah, that's a, that's a superhero that looks like me. And I, 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 I love that. So I'm real, I really into it. And, uh, so I loved it just because, wow, this looks like it's going to be a great movie. But also I just love the, the implications it has to like, that now we're going to be able to see a far more, 
uh, racially uh, uh, diverse, you know, superheroes uh, of, of all different types and, and colors and creeds and sexual orientation. Maybe we'll get like, you know, like uh, it won't just be like a whitewashed Justice League. We'll have like some really, really, really great uh, side characters will be able to get their own things. And, uh, you know, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. That makes me happy. Yeah, there's, there's I, I've, a lot of friends have said the same thing. It's it's a very good time to be a geek. There's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff out there. That, it really yeah. is. It really yeah. is. We're gonna take a a quick break and talk about some of our uh, other programs that uh, are on the network, and then we're going to come back and talk about the Hollywood Fringe Festival. Cool. Comics. Hey everyone, this is Rob, your friendly neighborhood comic geek. And this is Liam, the the languishing, lascivious Liam of Langley. Wow, that was extremely illiterate of you. Well, I try. We are the hosts of The Comic Box, part of the geek to geek podcast network. So, join us. Bop, bop. Oh, yeah. I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together, we're the geek to geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. So we are here today to talk about the Hollywood Fringe Festival, um, what it is, and what you, John, are doing in it. So can you give us a little bit of information of it kind of generally? Sure. Well, the, the Hollywood Fringe is one of many fringes that are um, sort of uh, cutting-edge, emerging theater festivals that um, happened, again, around the world. Um, the beginning of it was in uh, Scotland and Edinburgh. Uh, and what is called the Edinburgh Festival or the Edinburgh Fringe. And um, this long story short, uh, there was a theater festival that was very snooty, very traditional theater festival. And these guys wanted to uh, start a um, to do other shows that were more like uh, new playwrights and new works and more experimental theater stuff. And um, they were like, no, we won't. We don't have that nonsense theater in our uh, show. So what they did is they decided to start their own fringe festival or a, a, a festival around the fringe of the Edinburgh Festival, and that fringe festival became a huge hit. It over it overshadowed the Edinburgh Festival, and now the entire thing uh, is now just basically a gigantic uh, fringe festival. So the Edinburgh Festival is taken over by this uh, all the emerging crazy theater productions and. I, uh, so they'll take, uh, you name it, like, uh, uh, bars and restaurants and laundry mats and apartments and people have done shows like, there was a show called Hamlet in a Van where they did Hamlet driving around in a van. And, uh, <laughs> it's, cra- you know, crazy stuff, immersive theater things, you know, like, uh, augmented reality shows that are like more traditional, like stand-up comedy or then shows that are completely avant-garde, um, burlesque, uh, comedie de l'art, like weird stuff, um, musicals, you name it, the musical, Alien the Musical was a big, uh, was a big one, um, which was great, uh, oh, actually, there was a show called Alien Versus Musical, which was hilarious, where it was, it was the, uh, characters from famous musical, from his favorite musicals, 
actually uh, on the Nostromo doing basically the whole um, the whole script of Alien, the original Alien movie. They, but they were doing it as they were musical characters. It was amazing, like That's stuff awesome. like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, like real, you know, like really, 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 uh, strange out there shows. Uh, and, and, uh, yeah, it's, there's always had a place for the variety arts. And so they started having fringes. They're not really connected. They're just people start their own fringe and call them fringes, but they started having fringes all over pretty much, uh, the world. There's fringes, um, in Australia and there's fringes all over Europe and there's fringes, uh, in Canada and here in the United States. And so, um, I uh, I got involved with the festival at the beginning, and uh, I'm actually on the festival board. I help uh, with that as well. And but then the shows that I'm doing at the festival, um, I've been performing or producing or and directing shows at the festival since the again since the beginning. And uh, this is um, the eighth year of the Hollywood Fringe, and um, I am. Um, doing my two shows there. So yeah, it's, 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 it's an amazing experience. And it's one of those things where you, uh, if you go one day and you see five shows, three of them will be amazing. One will be, eh, and one will be terrible. And that's how this is, that's how it's going to go. But at least you will see some interesting stuff. And the way I always say it, it's like, if you don't like this show, just wait a minute. <laughs> there's another, there's another one. And there's, oh, this year there's 370 shows. Oh my god. Uh, over, over the three, over the three weeks. Obviously most of them have multiple, uh, pr- uh productions. Um, uh, and, uh, it's, I mean, um, amazing stuff. I mean, you name it. And I think a lot of it this year, the big explosion, because we, we the last two years before this, the, it was basically kind of holding around 290, 300. Mm-hmm. Um, but the explosion with the last vessels, I think, has a lot to do with like what's going on again in the world. We keep saying that, and um, big, expo- uh, big sort of uh, explosion of people wanting to express that. I can't tell you how many shows this year have Trump in the title somewhere. No, I bet. I bet. There's a lot. Yeah, you know, Trump in space, uh, the big orange head. There's huge relate, uh, like just a bunch of them. Uh, a show called Transition, uh, about, uh, uh, about the transition between the Obama presidency and, um, uh, the Trump one. I mean, it just, it's just, uh, lots of things like that that are probably, probably maybe heavy or political or maybe even satire. And then again, uh, I saw a show called Rhapsody last night with, the, which is a guy who's a trumpeteer who also does magic. And he plays trumpet and he does magic. And it was a, uh, a fun show that I would totally recommend people seeing. So you, uh, the shows can go from, you know, completely farcical and bizarre to very, very deep and poetic. Uh, and um, it's kind of great to be able to see a variety of different stuff in one day. And most shows are about an hour. So, again, uh, even if it's not that great, yeah, you're only there for an hour. Yeah. yeah. I, the first time I ever heard of a Fringe Festival was when I was in college, just before we started our senior year. Um, my best friend went to the Edinburgh Fringe with uh, USC. They did, I think, four or five different shows in in rep. And the show that I remember him doing was um, the Star Wars trilogy in 30 minutes. Yes, yeah. Those sell, and those sell. You know, any one-man Lord of the Rings, one-man... You know, The Hobbit, One Man, Star Wars. Those are the, those are the shows that like, like kill because they, uh, they have an instant, like, you know, geek related thing and some, that's something that, you know, people know and they know they're going to do a parody, you know. It's like shows like, uh, Point Break Live. 
uh-huh. you know, where, you know, it's like these bizarre, these bizarre sort of like parody slash, you know, comedy in immersive shows. They do very, very well at the fringe. So, That's yeah. So cool. Yeah, I got a project for you guys. That's what you do. You you should put up. You should take your high. Uh, you should get some kids in the drama. To, uh, your drama department put a show together for the fringe and run it for a couple shows during uh June. That that might so be that, a good idea. I think that might be something that we will uh look into because I I don't think I had realized that that fringe festivals had had blown up to the proportions that they apparently have, and um it's very exciting because I I am definitely a theater geek. Yeah, I think I think you'll see some really great stuff if you decide to come out and uh, go uh, watch some shows. I mean, at the very least, go do that. You got there's lots so much great stuff going on this year. Awesome, very cool. Now, tell us a little bit about your shows that you have at the festival. Sure. So um, I have uh, two shows. Uh, the first one is my solo show. It is um, a uh, just me uh, and a stage. Um, I have a when I do when I do my productions um, on cruise ships or uh, and other sort of things. I have sound. I have lights. It's a whole big production. This is a stripped down, and uh, I would I kind of imagine it being like um, me. It's like unplugged, and I am just working on. These ideas, and I'm very open about the things that are like, all right, so this is something I'm doing for a long time. Let me show you. I have an idea about it. Uh, here's a brand new thing that I'm playing around with, and then stuff that I've been doing uh, for a very, very long time that uh, I uh, I want to uh, you know either put a new spin on or uh, t- take a different w- way to look at it. And so I don't really know what I'm going to do every show. Like I, I I have a show today at 5:30. I have no idea exactly what my set list is going to be. I I have lots and lots and lots of material I'm writing, and then I then I go do an hour of that sh- uh, that material, and uh, it's fun. People get to see um, really, I think, uh, interesting creative uh, magic uh, with a point of view, um, and uh, it's a fun show for all ages. Uh, it's it's there's it's family friendly. I don't uh, don't swear in it or anything like that. Um, but I do have I mean I do some adult themes. Nothing 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 dirty, but uh, I talk about some more heady things. Uh, in the show, but again, it's, it would be work, uh, good for the whole family. And the second show, uh, which we're doing today, uh, at 1230, but again, this would be airing way after that, but, uh, is called Name This Magic Show, and it's a four-person competition magic show. Me and three other magicians, uh, Handsome Jack, who fooled Penn and Teller, uh, Nick Paul, really great, um, performer who, um, uh, performs all over the world, and, uh, Simon Cornell from Australia, who is uh, international? Uh, I was also on Penn and Teller's Fool Us, uh, like myself. And he, uh, we all came up with this idea of doing like a magic competition show where people live voted uh, while the show is going on. So we have a screen behind us. Uh, we have a voting system. People bring out their smartphones and they actually vote on the tricks that they like as their tricks are going on. And it, it, I uh, get a chance to basically, it, it's us. Working on new stuff as well as, um, uh, it kind of takes the improv competition form and put, place it to magic. Cause you really can't do improv magic. It's a, you know, you have to have a prop. You have to, you know, you really can't do that, but you can, uh, have a competition type of thing where the competition sort of sets up the parameters and then the magicians have to work within the parameters. Mm-hmm. And then th- that, that seems to work really well. And people, uh, people, people love it. And honestly, it becomes an excuse for the four of us to make fun of each other. And, um, which is, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of fun. So yeah, we, uh, we do that. 
And uh, the idea is that four of us enter uh, the contest at the beginning, and then the person who wins uh, gets to name the magic show the name that he wants to name it. Uh, that's the prize. And he's also the person that is the only person that gets paid that day. So uh, the other guys wow. have to work. For, <laughs> yeah, work for free. Uh, and, the, and everybody, uh, and then he's the only guy who is actually going to uh, make any of the profits from that particular show. So uh, depending on the audience, that you know, that is uh, either good. Uh, it's a you know, it's a good show or a bad show, depending on how many people come in. So, but yeah, it's uh, it's a super a lot of fun. Uh, genuinely, one of the things that like I'm I'm. Uh, I'm really proud to be a part of because uh, we're trying to do something different with the form. Uh, my solo show is me just sort of riffing on uh, on magic and working on a bunch of material for myself. This show, the name this magic show, is um, is four guys who are very very creative on their own and putting us all together. I think sort of uh, adds to that and makes it a uh, even more um, uh, fun experience for both uh, for the audience and for us. We're having a blast. I mean, I, I can't tell you how, how, how much we're just laughing uh, at each other. And then just also at just the situations that have been developed because of how the live voting works and, and uh, the penalties and um, uh, the rewards that you get depending on, uh, how you did in the live voting. It's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. So anyway, uh, I encourage people to come out and see it. When, uh, when are your shows, if you have that information readily available? So, uh, you can find all the information for the shows on the Hollywood Fringe site. So it's hollywoodfringe.org. And, uh, that gives you, um, all the information you would need for, um, uh, all the show times. I know we have, uh, at least three more shows of Name That Magic Show coming up, um, depending on when this show airs. Um, and then I have about six more shows of my show coming up. Uh, and, uh, and that, and that goes all the way to the end of the month. So, uh, different shows, different show times. Um, there's some afternoon shows. There's some evening shows. We have a couple late night shows. We're really trying to fill up the late night shows or 1130. Um, so, so yeah, I would uh, I would just go go to the Hollywood Fringe dot uh, org site, look up name this magic show, or um, uh, or uh, just up under my name, John Armstrong is another way to look at it, and you'd be able to find those shows and then all the show times and buy tickets right there. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Well, this is going up tomorrow morning, so hopefully we'll get a, a bunch of people headed your way. Awesome. Very cool. Awesome. Well, um, we're gonna start wrapping up here. Do you have any shout-outs today that you'd like to to send out there to the to the Never Never? Any shout-outs? Mm-hmm. No. I, well, I shout out to uh, Love of My Life, Vanessa, my uh, my girlfriend. She's very very nice. Also, shout out to everybody at the Marvel Movie News. Uh, I listen to them. I was a guest on their show. They're really really great. And I and, and again, um, I'm I'm I, I appreciate uh, what Matt and uh, Koi. And Marquia doing over there. It's really, really great. Um, a shout out to the Dillons because they're, they're awesome people. And, uh, to the members of my cast, um, to, uh, uh, our, uh, to Handsome Jack and to, um, uh, Nick and, uh, and Simon. And also to our, we have a really good, uh, staff, uh, that's helping us out as far as like production, uh, Tiffany and Aaron, uh, lights and sound and, uh, my friend of the house, which is, uh, Tiffany Hammond doing a really great job. So anyway, uh, I'm glad they're, uh, I'm glad they're helping out. So there you go. That's enough shout outs. Just, just too many people right there. Perfect. I know. Perfect. Um, I'd like to do a quick shout out to my friend Kenny Rotter, who's going through some, some rough stuff right now. So I just wanted to say we're, we're thinking of you, Kenny. 
and then uh, to all of my my students, present and former. Um, the last Thursday's show was was really nice. It was nice to get in touch with kids all the way back to, to 2010. So um, that's awesome. Yeah, a lot of lot of fun there. Our schedule for the next couple of weeks is going to be a little bit mixed up. Um, we have some people who have postponed their show. We've had some people cancel and have to re-figure out their schedules. So I'm not quite sure exactly which person is going to be on the next episode, but we will definitely be back on next Monday with uh, with a fun show for you all. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the geek to geek Network. Check out other geek to geek shows such as geek to geek Podcast, Video Game News Now, Geek Fitness Health Hacks, and The Comic Box. And make sure to join our Reddit community at reddit.com forward slash r forward slash geek to geek cast You can currently find us at, geek, at geektitude.com, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, as well as most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send an email to joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. John, where can everybody find you? Uh, Card John, C-A-R-D-J-O-N, uh, at dot com, cardjohn.com is my website. Uh, and uh, they can also find me at cardjohn at Twitter, so C-A-R-D-J-O-N uh, at Twitter. Awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for, for introducing to us to the Hollywood Fringe Festival. It sounds like it's a blast, and I hope the rest of the run goes well for you. Thank you. And for all of you listening out there, remember this week, keep it geek. Do you like video games? Do you like music? Do you like video game music? Then join the Washington Metropolitan Gamers Symphony Orchestra on Twitch. Each week, we feature a game the orchestra has performed music from. Our arranger guests will chat about their process, their inspirations, and why game music is so awesome. Check us out every Sunday from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. at twitch.tv slash WMGSO. Greetings from TG Geeks webcast, where Ben and Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre, you name it, we talk about it. Find our episodes each week on TGGeeks.com. Visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as Two Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the Two Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. Happy listening. Peace. Cheers. Cheers.